Greetings, everyone, to the Chinese Sayings Podcast. This is Laszlo Montgomery bringing you another nice Chengyu for your ever-expanding collection. For our ninth Chengyu for this fifth season, I'm happy to present to you one that you could use over and over. This one's useful in situations where you want to tell someone if they do something they shouldn't, or perhaps don't do something they should, they're going to regret it later on. And our selection this time is Kaiman Yi Dao, opening the door to invite a bandit inside, the Chinese equivalent of the English to be asking for trouble. And boy, does this one ever have a fine provenance. It comes to us from the Book of Wu, one of the three books that make up the records of the Three Kingdoms, the San Guo Zhi, written during the Jin Dynasty, and many years later in the 14th century, Luo Guanzhong wrote the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, based on this ancient work of historiography. Let's quickly look at the four characters and then get to the story behind it. Kai Men Yi Dao. Kai means to open, and Men is a door. Kai Men, open the door. Yi well, this is interesting. Now, we don't do this in Western culture, and I never experienced my first yi until I started to become familiar with Chinese culture and mixed regularly with people from China or greater China. When you zuo yi, you're bowing and also extending your hands before you and clasp them. It's one of these great human gestures that became custom in China. And because you would Yi to a person when you greeted them. In this instance, yi means to welcome someone or welcome them into your residence. And a dao is a robber or bandit. Open the door, welcome the bandit. Asking for trouble. And without further ado, let's look at the story taken from the records of the three kingdoms from the book of Wu. There are five main characters to this story. Straight out of the last years of the Eastern Han and the Three Kingdoms era. And the two most important ones were the brothers Sun Ce and Sun Quan. Now, without delving into the whole story of the Three Kingdoms, Sun Quan was one of the three leaders contending for power to wear the mantle once worn by dynasty founders Ying Zheng and Liu Bang. But Sun Quan was not the one who was bound for glory and destined for greatness in his own time. The real hero in his family was his older brother, Sun Ce. The problem with Sun Ce was that after establishing himself in and around Jiangsu as a warrior and consequential military man, he died suddenly at the age of 25, and this was in the year 200. The Eastern Han still had 20 more years of life before Emperor Xian capitulated to Cao Pi in 220. So this is what happened. I told you Sun Ce got written out of the script very early in the events leading up to the Three Kingdoms period. During the 190s, he really began to ramp up what later became the Kingdom of Wu. This is in the Jiangdong region, those lands in China's east that have the Yangtze River running through them. Today, these are the richest and most productive lands in all of China. Wu Prefecture had its capital city at Suzhou, and that's where Sun Ce chose to build his base. There, in this area known as Dongwu, Eastern Wu, he built his military base, and he proceeded to gather stores of food and trained his armies in preparation to expand Eastern Wu's lands. Now, the prefect of Wu a man named Xu Gong, 
became concerned about Sun Ce's growing influence in the region. And so alarmed was Xu Gong, he sent a secret message to the Han Emperor saying, Sun Ce is a brave and fearsome man, and I recommend that he be summoned back to the imperial capital, for his presence here in the provinces can only mean trouble. Unfortunately, however, Xu Gong's messenger was intercepted by Sun Ce's men. When the secret message reached Sun Ce's eyes, he was furious. He immediately ordered that someone lure Xu Gong to his manor. And when Xu Gong stood before Sun Ce, he was seized, charged with conspiring against Sun, and summarily executed by hanging. And other clients of Xu Gong were also caught up in this whole thing, and they too fared little better than their boss. But Xu Gong had three faithful followers who escaped the purge and were determined to avenge their former leader. They found out that Sun Ce loved to hunt. And one day when Sun Ce's hunting party set off for the mountains west of the town of Dantu, just south of Zhenjiang, these three avengers trailed him there. Sun Ce's horse was the swiftest and strongest of all the horses in the hunting party. And because of this, Sun Ce quickly outpaced the rest of his hunting party by a great distance. And Sun Ce rode alone, chasing a deer, and Xu Gong's three followers set up an ambush and began their attack. They caught up with Sun Ce, and one of them shot him through the cheek with an arrow. Caught by surprise, Sun Ce's weapons clattered to the ground, and he was only able to use his bow and arrow in self-defense, and making a hasty retreat towards the rest of his hunting party. Xu Gong's three followers gave chase, but just as they were about to bear down on Sun Ce, members of Sun's hunting party rushed up to subdue and kill them. They carried their wounded leader back to his manor house to treat his ghastly wound. But Sun Ce's cheek wound quickly became infected and his condition deteriorated. He knew his days were numbered. So he summoned his chief advisor Zhang Zhao and others in his inner circle. He also called for his younger brother, still a teenager, Sun Quan, to his bedside to confer with them. We live in troubled times, he said, but our area of Wu possesses excellent manpower and is securely situated on the banks of the Yangtze River. We should have nothing to fear. I ask you, my advisors, to give wise counsel to my younger brother when I am gone. He also handed a final letter to his brother, Sun Quan, which said, Out of us two brothers, I was the man more suited to raise armies, do battle, and conquer land. However, you are the man most suited to wisely utilize our manpower and resources in order to protect this land that has already been won. Sun Quan, weeping profusely, accepted this final letter. After Sun Ce's death, Sun Quan was devastated. I mean, this was a crushing blow to him. So sudden, he could think of nothing else and spent all his time weeping for the loss of his older brother. And because of this, the advisor Zhang Zhao counseled him and said, Nowadays, the world is full of trouble and fighting and turmoil. Greedy men vie with each other for pieces of land. If you continue to turn all your attention to grieving for your brother and let the affairs of your state go to seed, you are asking for trouble 
It is just as if you are Kaiman Yito. You're opening your door and politely inviting a bandit or a robber into your house. Chang Zhao was telling Sun Quan if he didn't stop his incessant weeping and mourning Sun Si's memory, he was inviting trouble into the front door. In these final years of the Eastern Han, his kingdom of Wu and the rich lands with so much abundance was going to be attacked by his enemies, of which he had a few. So using this saying, lifted from the records of the three kingdoms, Zhang Zhao got Sun Quan to see the light. Upon hearing these words, Sun Quan rallied himself and began to tend to all the important matters related to his territory. And he took very effective measures to optimize everything begun by his elder brother Sun Si, including the continuous improvement of his military, which would one day be engaged in a battle for the supremacy of China with the kingdoms of Wei and Shu. Under Sun Quan's leadership, beginning in 200, the state of Wu quickly became powerful, well-run, and even more prosperous. So Sun Quan was shell-shocked at first, all of 18 years old, when greatness got thrust upon him following Sun Si's death. Then, after a dangerously long period of failing to rise to the occasion, shedding tears over his brother's sudden death, finally, someone he trusted talk some sense into him, and comparing his inattention to matters of state to the act of inviting a robber into your house, he got through to the young, future emperor of Eastern Wu, and that is the epic historical backdrop to Kaiman opening your door, and Yi Dao inviting a bandit to come inside, the Chinese equivalent to the English asking for trouble, doing something they will later regret. Kaiman a Chinese saying coming to us from 21 centuries ago and still being used today. As always, a shout out to Emma, the general manager over at the Teacup Chengyu Yanqiu Zhongxin, for all the behind the scenes goings on here at the CSP. Only a couple more to go in this fifth season. This is Laszlo Montgomery signing off from Los Angeles, California, extending to each and every one of you a big thanks for listening. And I hope you'll think about coming back next time for another satisfying episode of the Chinese Sayings Podcast.